Hello, everybody, and welcome to... I'm talking here. That was that was Rob. Yeah, that was Aaron. Hey. Hey, we're back. There was actually some sort of succinctness to that just then. There was, actually. We're getting better. Are we getting better? I think so. Okay, cool. I'll take your word for it. But yes. <laughs> so, welcome to the I'm Talking Here podcast with myself, Aaron Day, and... And me, Rob Brent. And uh, apologies that we didn't get our Endgame spoiler special out to you last week. We had a, a technical difficulty, which means that we, we couldn't record. Um, but here we are doing our Endgame spoiler special without the big round table, unfortunately, of people that we were, we were hoping for. Um, again, we had lots of people signed up last week but we just could not get it recorded. Um, so our apologies for that. Mm. Um, so this podcast is going to be purely dedicated to talking about Endgame at great, great length. Um, and we will be trying to fit every little nook and cranny of this quite epic of, of superhero movies, or probably the most epic of superhero of movies. Um, we'll be going into our sort of favorite characters from it, our best moments, who we felt had sort of the most sort of heroic uh, sort of parts of the film, uh, funniest little moments, little sort of tidbits here or there that we loved, um, interesting discussion points going forward in regards to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, and also just little weird parts that perhaps we picked up on that nobody else did. Yes. You up for uh, it? Yeah, I'm excited for Let's the weird do, bits. We've been wanting to talk about this for, well, since it since it came out, well, basically. We actually haven't really talked about it. No, have we haven't. We? We've not really had a chance to. Do you even know if I like the film or not? I, I do know that you like <laughs> oh, the do film. You? Yeah, because you said like you, rated, you rated it 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10, yeah. How many times have you seen it? Once. I know, I've only seen it once. Yeah. I know there's many people that have seen it multiple times, and obviously we'll, we'll come to that in yeah. a bit. You'll be shocked. But let's, let's get, get into it. it. Let's get in. So as we record this, uh, news came out on the bank holiday Monday that Avengers Endgame has now already, in the space of 11 days, has already surpassed Titanic in terms of box office take-ins, yeah. which is astonishing amount of business for this film. And it's only, well, I say only, it's about six to seven hundred million away from Avatar. So yeah. Avatar made 2.7, 2.8 million, a billion euros. I still don't get dollars. Avatar. I think that was all just 3D and the novelty of it. Because I, yeah. I don't know. And I, I didn't really, yeah, and I didn't really like the film. But did you not? Hey ho! Isn't about Avatar. It will. <laughs> I, it will. It will go past. I it hope will so. go past Avatar. I hope so. It will. It will be the biggest film. And the fact it's already in the top ten for. When you have adjusted inflation, it's already in the top 10 of all time. Yeah. And that's within 11 days, which I think shows two things. Uh -huh. That One, people listen to this podcast yep. to find out about inflation. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, two, and two, I think you're right. Where Avatar was about 3D viewings, mm -hmm. Avengers Endgame has been about multiple viewings by yeah. the same people. Yeah, and I think... In terms of Avatar and like having more of a gimmick towards it, obviously mm. the MCU has has the these are combined films. It's almost like a, a TV series taken to a film level, mm. um, but it's a great film. So I don't mind it making bags of money. If it was terrible, mm. I'd, be, I'd I'd be gutted. But yeah, 
yeah, go and watch it. Do enjoy it. And yeah. it's a long film as well. I mean, there's people, the majority seem to have seen it about three times, which is nine hours to sit in a dark room. But isn't it funny how all, you know, in terms of box office takings, that the top three biggest films of all time, Avatar, Titanic, and now Avengers Endgame, all are well over two hours and 45 minutes yes. into three hours. Yeah. You know, they're all epic, epic films. Yeah. That's a very good point. I've never actually thought about that. Mm. It's a good point. Which shows that actually, you know, people do love a good, you know, long two and a half, three hour film. You know, there's always this constant concept of keeping it short, keeping it an hour and a half to an hour, 45 minutes. But actually it does show that people, I think people just love a good story. Yes, definitely. If it's done well, then you wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to pull out of it. Like Mm. keep it all there. Like it gives you time to really explore it and to have your little character moments and, um, it was amazing as well because watching it, it, it didn't feel like three hours. So shall we quickly, very quickly, mm-hmm. review the film, say what we think about yeah. it, and then get into the the real Let's bones it. of it? Let's okay. Do it. So expectations going in. I had high expectations. Like there, there is a like, thing with, as we discussed in the previous yeah, podcast with, with Marvel films, you yep. expect them to be at least good. Yep. Um, and I, I wasn't disappointed with that. Was your what was your expectations of it? Because I feel like yours are slightly different to mine when it comes um, to Marvel. You, yeah, you you are a bigger Marvel fan than what I am, and I think you've had more of a, an emotional and time investment into it than what I have because I've not seen the entire cinematic universe. What? Well, I've not. For example, I've not seen Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh, don't have to worry about that. And I, and <laughs> and I've not seen. There's a couple if you that say Captain seen. America the Winter Soldier I'll punch you in your face no I've definitely <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely seen that one good uh, I've seen all the Captain America films good um, the uh, I'm just trying to think is there, is there one that I, do you know what we haven't I've, seen it so do you know do what you know? <laughs> I've, I've never actually seen the original Thor I, see, oh, I don't saw worry Thor about the Dark either. World and yeah. I saw Thor Ragnarok but not the original you, you should have not seen the Dark World so anyway my, my expectations going into it um yeah, like we explained in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, my expectations were l- uh, not diminished as such. I just thought, how on earth do you top Infinity War? Because it was so galactic, so cosmic, so huge, and they absolutely did go and annihilate the uh, the in terms of the scale of, yes. of Infinity War. Endgame is just gigantic. Mm-hmm. It is a gigantic film in mm-hmm. both in terms of scale terms of number of characters but also in terms of emotional heft as mm-hmm. well it is a gigantic film I, th- I think for me going in it's probably a good thing to think is that I wanted this to be well I kind of expected um, this is spoilers but I presume everyone's seen it yeah, but this to be the swan gonna... song of yeah. Tony Stark and um, Steve Rogers and I think because right. they got it in, in a perfect way really like, mm. I can't imagine a better way to finish off their stories than what was delivered. I was very satisfied with it. And yes, I think that's the thing. It, it is a, it is an incredibly satisfying film, especially if you have spent those 21 films prior being having that level of investment like mm. what you have and I have to a, to a smaller extent. And it's, it is, it is a, as close to a perfect fan service yes as what you're going to get mm-hmm. and I, I have to admit okay now we're getting into big old spoiler territory here yeah. guys i did not expect the death of tony stark i i was expecting more the death of captain america 
uh, of Steve. Um, I wasn't expecting the death of Natasha. No, I wasn't expecting I was either. expecting more the death of Hawkeye. Wanted it. <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah, I've never really liked Hawkeye. I think they did a better job and of Hawkeye such a shame. in this film than they have. Because mm. in the comics, uh, Hawkeye, I think it's uh, Age of Ultron, um, mm. is awesome. Uh, in Old Man Logan, Hawkeye, yeah. absolutely stand out. Um, but I don't know whether it's Jeremy Renner. I don't really Oh, see, I, like no, I, I, I think that Hawkeye has, to a small extent, been done a disservice across the Avengers films. <laughs> Because I do, I, he is, like you said, in Age of Ultron, I think he was great and he really had that moment. I was on about the comics, but I, I do think right. in the film they, they do a better job of him mm. in Age of Ultron, the film as well. Right. Um, but in the comics, he's awesome. Like, I just know what, what he could be. Yeah. And I suppose you valid in your point there of saying there could have been more attention to him, but I wouldn't want to sacrifice anyone else to have that attention on him. That's the thing. And, and, Hawkeye has not had those individual franchise films, the yeah. likes of what Thor has had, the likes of what Captain America's had, the likes of what Iron Man has had. Yeah. And so you are you're you are less likely to be sort of drawn to a character like Hawkeye or drawn to a character like Black Widow to an extent. And I think that yeah, I just also Hawkeye's haircut in this film is atrocious. <laughs> Let's, let's, let's just put that out there. All right, it does. He looks like he's just went at it with his own samurai blade. He's got no family. He's got no one to tell that him. That. That. <laughs> he's going from like country to country, city to city. The fact he even had a haircut was amazing. Like um, he should have just been scraggly. Yeah, when he when he because obviously at that point he turns into he kind of takes on the persona of Ronin. Is that right? I think yeah, yeah. I, I'm not up on my lore in terms of yeah. with him uh, that much, but yes, there was people saying about this is a, a character mm. arcing towards that. And um, him when he when he had that hood on when he was taking out those those criminals in in Japan, yeah. and he pulled that hood off. I was like, no, no, just, just put put the hood back on, put the hood back on, Clint, because like, it's just your hair looks ridiculous. I didn't want it to be Hawkeye. I knew it was Hawkeye, but I didn't yeah. want it to be Hawkeye as well. You wanted it to be someone else. <laughs> the, the other guy. You wanted it to be Deathstroke. That's <laughs> yeah. what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doesn't matter. He's part of DC. Bring him in. Um, or that would be Deadpool. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Deadpool. Yeah, it's Deadpool. You wanted to be Deadpool. <laughs> Um, yeah. But like the other guy he was fighting against was in Lost, so obviously I wanted that guy to win. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So before we move on, let's wrap up our kind of our review of the film. Yeah. Um, emotional in the right places. I think I think they did. I mean, the beginning of it, I, I loved the leftovers, and it felt very much like the leftovers mm-hmm. to the max, which was good. Um, I was amazed how they managed to get comedy in there because I was I was watching the beginning of the film and thinking how are they how are they going to make this funny how are they going to make me laugh and then yeah, Professor Hulk after. well Professor Hulk comes along and all of a sudden I'm laughing you've got yeah. um, Scott Lang as Ant Man in there and who's just I mean Paul Rudd incredibly funny guy um, then you introduce time travel I love anything with time travel even if it doesn't <laughs> work at all. Um, <laughs> But then I loved Peggy Carter, the TV series, which was yep. axed after its second season. Um, so to when that started coming in, you even had Jarvis from that TV show um, appear within it, which was brilliant. Mm. Um, and when this started to get in place, I was like, oh, right, Cap's going to have to go back. It'll be a one-way thing, and he'll make that decision. And the fact that that almost happened, but he made the decision to stay made it even better. And it was Cap's story. People love Iron Man. Yes, I love it. And actually, I was quite emotional 
when mm. Tony Stark did go. However, there was a big, massive guy next to me, full on bearded and bald, who I didn't want to start blubbing next to him. I thought, if he cries, I can cry. If he doesn't, I'll just stay strong. So I stayed strong for Tony. Um, but a beautiful moment uh, for him to go. Lovely. He couldn't, if he just retired to his life, it would too, be too much like Hawkeye, where they keep pulling him in. Yeah. So they kind of had to kill him off. And then to have um, Cap on the time bench. Um, lovely moment. We'll, we'll come to that yeah. later on. Time but, but uh, yeah, emotionally very hefty. Emotional in the right places. Um, I think the right characters got the opportunity to be very heroic. Um uh, and mm-hmm. and sacrificial in a way um i still think thanos is possibly one of the best villains ever full stop uh, i would i would put thanos up there in terms of that poetic carnage of his i would put him up there with the likes of vader i would put him up there he is he is he is iconic now as a as a villain yeah um he just wanted to farm as well, bless him. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come to that later on. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> so there's like so much to talk about. Two days as well, and the amount he had grown. Like, what a farmer. I know, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Great with um, his crops. But you're right. It's um it's it's it, it takes a it takes unexpected journeys, and you're happy to go on those unexpected mm. journeys. And it I'm glad that I knew very little going into yes. it because for me, that's what made it. Uh, a supremely entertaining film. Yeah. Right, quick question then. Yeah. In 15 years' time, will people be deeming this movie as a classic? Yes. Yeah, it's undeniable, Easy. isn't it? Yeah. it? It absolutely is. I mean, you, it will be the biggest box office film of all time and I, I think people will revere it in a much higher esteem than, than Avatar. Or, oh, yeah. completely. And Black Panther and mm. um, like the Iron Man films, they will. And, yeah, and Avatar's got more to prove with the two three and four which have been mm. filmed back to back like if they're not good then i want know. to be this go- was a combination of, of so films. when avatar two three and four come out i want to be going into a cinema where they just give me a virtual reality headset and i <laughs> and i and i basically watch the whole film yeah completely immersed in that world that's yes. the only way that james cameron can can really top it yeah. is to take you into a full four-dimensional world yeah i agree yeah, yeah. If if that if that is how the film is, then I'll go and watch it. If not, I'm, I'm not first. Right now that we've reviewed it, let's get into the nooks and crannies. So Rob and I are just going to throw some questions at each other, just to really open up Avengers Endgame and um, and fill around a bit. Yeah, fill around in amongst yeah. the quantum realm. Oh, nice. Have, have a. <laughs> Where are you going with that? Touch each other's verbal atoms. No, stop. That's gross. No. Um, So we'll just, we'll fire them out. We don't know what we're going to say. We'll just see where this goes. No, it's totally, totally on the fly. Let's go for it. Best character. Um, Okay. So uh, it's it's a hard one. For for me, in terms of the one that gave me the most entertainment, for me, was Thor. Um, I, I loved that variation of his character. I loved the the fact that he goes super tubby. Um, so fat or thin? This was going to be another one. Which is your favourite Thor? Fat or thin? Uh, fat Thor. Fat Thor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's difficult to say. It, it is difficult to say. But there's a lot of people who seem to be angry that when um, when the the lightning hit down on him and plaited his beard. Yeah. But he didn't lose the weight as well. And I thought, no, why oh, would he? Like, why would he? He looks awesome. This isn't. Like, 
good Thor, representation. Thor, Thor being chubby <laughs> is not. It, it, I don't think it was. It's not intended as a fat shaming thing. No, it is exactly. A, and if that happened, then he it is would just. He like is that. out of shape in consideration, in comparison to what he used to look like. Yes, and that's know? the comedy they're playing with in terms yeah. of the, the different styles of it. And uh, the, like my whole argument as well is that you've been presented with an idea of what Thor should have been. Mm. And his whole arc for the film is actually he's not that person. He, he wants to define something else. So to have him then revert back to his, his form before would have been ridiculous. Yeah, yeah Fat Thor. And, yeah. and Korg. Yeah, Korg. so... Um, yeah, so Thor, Thor uh, Professor Hulk, I really enjoyed as well, and yeah. I think, I, and I like I like Natasha as well. I thought she, you know, obviously, obviously Steve Rogers and Tony Stark are are, are huge parts in this, considering their their death slash retirement from from Avengers, and I think those those defining moments go to those two, um, hmm. but I do. Yeah, I, I do think that for for me, it's Thor that I remember Thor. the most fondly from the film. How about you, Paul Rudd's tackle? <laughs> yeah, it's not a character though. Is it not? Okay, okay. So I'll, I'll go Scott Lang. Yeah, I think because he wasn't obviously in Infinity War. Mm. Ant Man and the Wasp was quite disappointing. Okay, um, and I just thought he, yeah, Professor Hulk brought a lot of humor. Um, I just love seeing him in, and there was so many little moments that were all down to Paul Rudd in terms of time traveling. Someone peed in my pants. Mm-hmm. Um, all these sort of little quips throughout. <laughs> I think maybe like within the 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 end sort of thing, you know, in the big fight, he, he's not Ant Man; he's Giant Man, mm. and he just punches something. But seeing him massive on there, he really brings that Hulk and thing. And mm. um, I just really en- enjoyed him within. So, so like you're saying, I, I would go Cap because I thought. Just Cap, I just love Steve Rogers. He's just mm. awesome. Um, but no, I think I got the most fun out of Scott Lang. I really enjoyed him being there. Either that or Tony Stark's daughter, because she was awesome. I think what's <laughs> what's been good. What was what was in terms of the comedic aspects of Endgame is that actually you had what they realised. What actually makes great comedy in these sorts of things is is very juxtaposing characters kind of bouncing off each other so mm-hmm. you had scott lang and and banner mm-hmm. they bounced off each other a lot especially around especially the taco scene mm-hmm. obviously where his taco gets blown away and and <laughs> and banner comes along with a new one for him right. it's like sensitive hulk um and then you have rocket and thor yes. together yeah. you know you know have have the, their own comedy moments thor and korg um you do have those moments where the comedy is actually coming off of watching. It's just basically off of just watching two people just bounce nonsense off each other. But that's what's always been great about the MCU. Mm. It's, it's when they just knew how to pair characters against. Mm. You can have all, it's like anything. You can have all story stuff going on. You can have it as wacky as you want. Mm. If you don't have the characters there, no one cares. But mm. if you do have the characters, it just elevates it. And yeah. So, the, the, okay, best moment. The portal scene. That moment where you hear Cap on your left and obviously T'Challa and Shuri and I can't remember all the Black Panther characters' names, but when they come through that portal, it is, and then and then gradually every single one of the mm-hmm. Avengers coming through Doctor Strange and and uh, the Falcon and just just they're all coming yeah. through. That is a that is a 
defining blockbuster cinematic moment that point it gets a little lord of the rings yeah but as as you see these sort of two tribes kind of go like facing up against each other but it's actually that it's it's that plus when thanos goes from this demonic grin to suddenly you see his face change into slight disappointment, which is, ah, this is going to be more of a challenge than I anticipated. Yeah. And it's actually, I like that because it, it brings this element of humanity to Thanos mm. that mm. that makes him realise, actually, I have met my match here. Yeah. No, I'd agree with you. I, I think they did the return very well. Mm. I was I was unsure how emotional I'd be. And even though I knew Spider-Man was coming back, when, oh, he, yeah, of course, yeah. when he came back through, it was all of a sudden like, oh... That's lush. Yeah. Um, but as well for him to have the whole, it's only been, you know, it's like he fell unconscious and then came back too, whereas for Tony Stark, it's been a whole five years. Yeah. And to have him hug. They're just very clever with knowing what to pay off. Yeah. But the best moment is Paul Rudd's taco. <laughs> <laughs> Stop saying Paul Rudd. <laughs> Scott Lang's taco. Scott Lang's taco. Yeah. No, anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> I should have thought of a genuine... No, Cap v. Cap. Yeah, that's, Captain America that's versus scene. Captain America. I mean, even the little... As soon as they went back to Avengers Assemble, it was like, this is a perfect way to celebrate the MCU, to go back in, relive parts of these films, see them from a different angle, and a, a nice nod to the comics with Cap saying, Hail Hydra. Yeah. And it being completely workable within that scene. Yeah. Um, just, I think that would... I think that was my best moment. It's obviously moment. that hearts back to Winter Soldier when he has to fight in the elevator. Yeah, but as well yeah. in the comics, it, it's gone where yeah. he, he is part of uh, Hydra. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Um, but even just the idea of, I like when they, they poke fun at the little things they have. So obviously you've got the really iconic scene of Loki, from Loki's viewpoint, seeing all your Avengers and Avengers assemble. So then this, they get to see when like, why are we all standing around? Yeah. And the sort of clean up afterwards and all, all, all of that side to it was mm. uh, really fun. Um, so I th- yeah, I think yeah, not allowing nice. Hulk to get onto the lift, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so I think funny. my best moment was probably launching back into Avengers Assemble. I go for that. I think each each of the sort of the three key acts had their their own merits. Yeah, and I think I one of the things one of the things for me that was a very defining moment, not in terms of it being like the best moment or anything like that, but a moment that I was very surprised passed in the UK as a 12A certificate and that was the moment within the first pretty much the first 10 minutes of the film when Thanos gets decapitated, decapitated. and I was I was really really surprised by that that was kept in the film because yeah. um I've seen I've seen worse fight I've seen I've seen less violence than that appear in 15 certificate films yeah and you know, the film itself was not without its fair share of swear words as well. Mm-hmm. And so, and f- for me, I was, um, and in my screen, I don't know whether it was the same as yours, but in my screen and there was, um, it was packed to start mm-hmm. with. Packed and very respectful audience. No one was on their phones or anything like that. But it was, um, I realised about an hour and a half into the film that this child started crying just to my right. And I thought, and I looked at him and was like, He's probably no older than six, mm. maybe seven. And I thought, okay, yeah, it's a 12A certificate. But I did feel that that family was taking the mickey. Yes. Because I think that, you, yeah, regardless of how much your kid loves Marvel superheroes and things like that, yeah. 
you're you're taking them to see a film where a character loses their head that gets decapitated and i don't know whether that's right well i think this is a big thing but i've always found funny because um not funny that sounds awful <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of the comics like you look at batman and how dark, dark. Some of the comics are and stuff. really dark especially and, killing joke and yeah and yeah, they're marketed for kids like these mm. like spider-man marketed and stuff and you, and you get into the comics and you realize actually these are these are quite adult things coming through but i think the mcu's at a state now where it's like they would say oh we'll make it a 15 like do you want bags of money <laughs> like we'll yeah. keep it at 12 they have got a lot of things but i i I mean, Elsie hasn't seen any of the MCU, really. No. Um, I completely agree with that. But it was a shocking moment that made her up. Yeah, and I, I think it, it is, it, you know, obviously it's the thing that sets the the course of the the, the next five years that you don't see yes. within the narrative. You know, and, and, and it's from that point when you get Fat Thor and yeah. it's from that point where Captain America turns away from being a hero and becomes a a counselor and yeah. and tony goes away and becomes a family man and um so yeah i guess it is a defining moment you know that the decapitation of thanos so that's probably the, the most shocking moment i'd say i didn't expect that to happen. no i i wasn't expecting because well not all. knowing how the film would structure mm. it was very much like whoa okay that's i didn't i didn't expect that could happen so early in the film no and so it's quite a bold move but portals portals for me is still very much the portals. best the, the portal scene and and the soundtrack that went with that as well was mm. was brilliant, very, very brilliant. Good. And I've never heard a better rendition of the Avengers theme as as in that moment, you know, in 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 amongst the debris of the Avengers headquarters with that huge fight at the end. Yeah. That for that for basically for that half an hour of that fight being on screen, I was hysterically smiling. Yes, like hysterically. Yes. and there were moments where I could I I was going, oh my god, like you know, like. <laughs> You know, you do. It's that. It's. I almost went. I almost went very American in my cinema etiquette. I like am. I, I, I did. I, I found myself really reacting to what was going on the screen, and 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 that's and that's a credit to the Russos for oh, yeah. for for being fantastic. Because by the end, when you're watching that huge battle, just like with Black Panther, and obviously the Russos didn't direct Black Panther, but just like with Black Panther, you know. You know the motive of every single character. Mm-hmm. You know the reason why they're doing it. Um, you're not just watching fighty, fighty, punchy, smashy stuff going on. Yeah, Even though exactly. that's happening in the background, you're they're watching... Given the moments. They've you're, always been good at that. You're watching individual characters, mm-hmm. you know, you know, but beat you think, the poop out of each other. <laughs> if you think of the Rousseaus, like they did Civil War and they, the Spider-Man, as Tom Holland, hadn't mm. been introduced in any of the film. No. They give one scene yeah. before then an amazing airport battle. Yeah. And by the end of that battle, you love Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, so they were, they were the perfect people to choose because they can get you on board with characters very, very quickly. Mm. And they know to give you your character moments while there's all the smashy, smashy going on. Yeah. You need those bits. You need yeah. the change of pace. There's only one moment in the in the fight that I wasn't so happy about. I anyway, think, I think we've got the same thing. Go on, let's talk about we, that. I'll let's talk about, let's that. talk about that moment. So I, that moment I, that you felt, I felt it was too forced to have all the female yep. superheroes yep. put together to make this big thing about it. I, I think it was it was kind of a reaction to a lot of criticism MCU haven't have had about their representation of of women and the equality within the MCU, um, and it just felt too much like no look we we do. But then when mm. I looked amongst them, even I was thinking, oh, I don't know, 
her name or her name. I felt like they could have thrown in, like they're throwing Tony Stark's daughter, just to say, here's another female character. Yeah. Um, it wasn't. I, I just didn't. I didn't need it. It didn't. It didn't need to be such an obvious thing. There can be changes there. I know there's the content there is is going for a lot of years. There's a, a lot of male characters that have come through from that. Yeah. And um, it felt like they were about to start a the beginning of a Spice Girls music video. Yeah. Like it felt like the beginning. Like when when was it Shuri who says? It? I can't remember which of the female characters it says it. But they say. Um, yeah, we've got her back covered or something on those yeah. lines. I've only, I've only seen the ones when, when obviously Captain Marvel was trying to get to the van in the fight um, with the with the gauntlet. Um, I it felt clumsy. Mm-hmm. It did feel like a woo girl power yes. moment that wasn't necessary because those female characters are already well rounded, already mm-hmm. very three dimensional characters. Yeah. The Wasp, Hope. She's awesome. Yeah. As well, she was from Lost. The fact they put Pepper Potts in an Iron Man Pepper Potts. Oh, my goodness. Brilliant. That was maybe one of my other most shocked... I was saying about uh, Thanos being decapitated. Yeah. But I had no idea Pepper Potts was going to be in there. Um, so when she showed up, and she was awesome. Just yeah. the whole... Valkyrie on the flying like, horse. And, but that's yeah. the thing. You, you can do it. You don't need to, to put them all together. Just let them have the, their moments there. It's absolutely fine. And mm. Otherwise, it, it draws too much attention to it, I feel. It, it just needs to be like... Yes, they're there and they're being awesome. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't need it. It. It was. Uh, yeah, mm. and that that probably sounds a bit rich coming from two white working to middle class oh, blokes yeah. who Completely. you know. But it did feel clumsy. Mm. It felt like a clumsy moment, which kind of took me out of the whole thing. Yeah. Anyway, next question. Funniest moment. Um, Shall I go first? Go. Paul Rudd's tackle. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> Sorry, Scott Langs. Do you know what that? Do you know what that lettuce really does fly out of that taco when just that plane comes that, down? That guy can like act with a taco, and like <laughs> I just love that moment. Out of everything that was in Endgame, a taco <laughs> was one of my favorite things. I've got two moments for yeah, me. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so my first is um, Korg and the Ooh. troll on Fortnite. <laughs> Someone just called me a... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, and, and then Thor obviously says I what mean, he's going to do to that kid over the over the mic. Of Taika the... Waititi, what a legend. Yeah, that, yeah, so Korg being in there and playing PlayStation and uh, and being that, hassled by someone on yeah. Fortnite, I thought was very of the time. Yeah. Um, my other one is, though, is when they go back to 2012, the, the attack on New York in the original Avengers film, and Hulk sees Hulk. So Professor Hulk sees old Hulk just go in Hulk smash mode. And he's like, he's like, he just looks so disappointed in himself. Um, and then, and then they, they suggested Professor Hulk to go and sort of blend in. Break things. And he's like, oh, and he just nonchalantly just throws a motorbike across the street and stuff. Just like, oh yeah. Oh, Hulk smash. Yeah. I love that. I thought Mark Ruffalo... Yeah, Mark, Mark Ruffalo is underestimated in his he he has been a brilliant Hulk and he's been a brilliant Bruce Banner. What do you think you'd add? Eric Banner mm. couldn't do it. Edward. Oh, Norton. I don't think he did a bad job with it. Nothing. No, I think he did I a better see. job than Edward Norton did. I just I, I think just Mark Ruffalo when they got Mark Ruffalo in he, he nailed it and as well he, mm, he had his he own film and um, to come in for and just straight away you were you were just there with him. Yeah, because it, I mean it was Edward Norton in the one that is. 
Definitely the clear part of the MCU. Yeah. It's not really. I, I think <laughs> I think he yeah, he's just brilliant in it. Um yeah. and I think he's he's for me, he's he's as iconic as a golem. Um in terms of in terms of um Oh from Lord of the Rings, Gollum. Yeah, yeah. In in terms of yeah, in terms of that um um motion capturing. Oh yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, really, I mean, the, really good. It's amazing that you can see his face. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same with Thanos really and, and Josh Brolin, like the motion captures amazing. So as well the other thing to think about, in a film full of heroes, mm. who was the most heroic character? Uh, so, you you could say without Natasha's death that they don't get the soul stone, and her sacrifice in that moment is without her they would not have achieved what they achieved. So her sacrifice. Yeah. So so for me, that's probably what you would sort of quote unquote say is the the right answer. But to you, well, I was just. I, the thing with Natasha mm. and Haw- Hawkeye, mm. when they're setting up the teams, you might be able to help me on this. Mm. Does Tony Stark not know like what Thanos had to do to get the Soul Stone? Because he's there when Star-Lord's there, and he's like, where's Gamora? And then he's, he had what he had to do, and that's when Star-Lord properly uh, messes it all up. In Infinity War. When they were yeah. picking teams, he must have had an inkling to be like, you two go off and get the soul stone that something bad was going to happen to one of them. And as well, it wouldn't have worked. <laughs> Say you I put, don't know. I, I wondered what mix you'd have. Do you, you feel like that's a discrepancy of the film? Do you feel like that's a, a plot hole? No, I just feel bad for them. I feel like maybe they didn't like him and they were like, you can just go off and get the soul stone. It'll be fine. No, I... Or they picked short straws or <laughs> Maybe, maybe they just did not anticipate that <laughs> occurring. But they'll be they'll be scuppered if they didn't red have skulls. red skulls. Red skulls, yeah. yeah. They'd be scuppered if they didn't have two people who had like had some love for each other. They'd be like, we can't do anything. We failed. I have yeah. to go back. <laughs> anyway, most heroic character, the rat. Okay, that that um, messes with the buttons yeah. to bring Scott Lang back without him, from the quantum realm. Without him, none of it would have happened. He wins. The rat. Yeah, I feel like there's and other ones. I know. <laughs> Looking at me with from, such from, No, 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 not at all. I genuinely thought we that you were going to say... I thought you were going to say the taco again. I thought you were going to have taco, a taco no, moment. No, no, I've done that three times. But um, the second taco that came along is what sort of helped, <laughs> helped <laughs> Professor Hulk no, without, and Scott Lang to ta- bond. That taco wouldn't have a hand to be held if it wasn't for that rat. <laughs> That's true. We don't know about that rat yet. No, we d- there's unconfirmed films. Mm-hmm. We don't know if we're getting spin-off, mm-hmm. and we've got that whole five years to explore, and we need to explore it to find out the rat's motivations. Okay, other heroic, <laughs> other heroic moments. Uh, Captain Marvel taking down the massive ship at the end. Yeah. Without her doing that, they would have been absolutely screwed. I mean, Tony Stark. <sighs> yeah, that's that's, heroic, that's, like. that's the the thing the the clicking of the fingers, knowing that. The energy from the Infinity Stones would be too heavy for him. Yeah. It would be too much for him. Yep, that's a sack. There's there's lots of moments w- within the film throughout where there are elements of sacrifice, big elements of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, now, do you know what I think is possibly the most unheroic moment? <laughs> what? Captain America not coming back. Oh, how dare you! 
Well, he got an opportunity to have a second life. Yeah. He got an opportunity to have a second life. And it's, okay, yeah, he, he, he'd he missed most of that because he was in cryogenic storage or wherever it was, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, but I, I think, yeah, that's, it's a beautiful moment, the being on the bench and all that sort of stuff. And it, it, it he, was... He, he got it the was, dance with Peggy. He got he the dance with Peggy. He, he got to spend his life with Peggy. I think, you know, with... Well... I mean, you assume we, so. We're getting to time travel. It's open ended, isn't it? I mean, the ending is, but it's 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 a beautiful moment, mm. but it's not heroic. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> Rip my heart out on that one. It's not. Yeah, he's gone and dropped off all the stones, which is lovely yes. of him. And then he's thought, right, well, once I've done that, I'll I'll go and you know have a leggy with Peggy. You know, don't you say it. Have a leggy <laughs> with Peggy. That's Peggy Carter. <laughs> you leave her alone. Hey, that she has beautiful. needs. You leave her alone. <laughs> you leave her alone. There is the issue there, like, we'd have to get into the time travel, which I just don't think we've got time for, and I don't think it really, really works. <laughs> and because you've but got the, the whole overlap then in terms of where where Steve would, would be then within other timelines, or if just everything's reset, or if he's yeah. then part of a, a separate... Uh, it's been off. I think the the Russos have come out to say maybe he was doing more than that. Like, you did see him have the dance, but that's not necessarily the life he played out to keep it a bit more open-ended. Um, but I don't I don't anticipate there being any more Captain America movies. No. You, I don't think... You're, you're not, <laughs> I don't you're want not there get, to be. No. Like when I saw it, I was like, no, you know how it is. Yeah, you're not going to get any other like alternative timeline Captain America movies where he's set during the 60s and he's no, you know, I, I punching think... hippies in the face or anything. So... <laughs> That's all he did. That's what he went back to do. <laughs> he had a dance with Peggy and then nothing like he punched people. And talking about that bench. Now, yeah. I've got Damon Lindelof to thank for this. Time bench. Right. He believes that the bench that Hulk threw <laughs> when he was angry. When he was angry about the death of Natasha. It's the same bench that Captain America sat on. How so can was, it be? He was ready there to catch that bench and put it down. And sit down on it, waiting for absolute below me. <laughs> like how how do you even take well, just like you two did, and two and add eight there? The thing is, you don't hear it land. <laughs> you don't need. Why would you? <laughs> He's thrown it like a mile away. No, I don't think that's a mistake. They would have at least a subtle sound of a crash. Okay. You don't hear it land. Cap caught it. Yeah. Sound that bench and waited. No. Beautiful time bench. No. Um, That's absolute rubbish. Speaking of it, though, yeah. Cap, were you happy with him giving the shield to Sam, to Falcon? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Over, I, over I, Bucky? Um, Bucky and Cap were very much a a a complicated bromance, mm. and I would I would rather watch Sam than Bucky in future films if that's the way they're going to go. Yeah, that's fair enough, actually. I think I would as well. Because I, I, I just felt like it, it should have been Bucky, but I, I quite like it being a Falcon instead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't have an issue with that. I, I feel like Bucky then can go back to Wakanda and just, you know, do what he needs to do. Well, actually... What's, He's been traumatised, hasn't he? I think... Oh, God, there's just so much to talk about <laughs> so in regards rich. to this film. We can talk about the funeral scene. We can talk about who had... I mean, it's going to sound like a really morbid conversation, but Captain Marvel had the best costume, had the best outfit at the funeral. 
Uh, oh, oh, the Wakanda ladies did as well, and and T'Challa had had the best costumes. Your your I eyes, you couldn't see anything. You I couldn't just... you you couldn't see any of it though, because your eyes were just completely, um, you know, blinded over with moisture, weren't they? Throughout the whole of that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you were crying your eyeballs out when that taco died. <laughs> when its insides flew out, that was it. I teared up. <laughs> No, I just, I, yeah, they probably yeah. did. I just, I, I don't take oh, this sort of stuff. I, I, I for, for me, yeah, the, the, the death of Tony Stark, like when, so when, when, when Pepper sits in front of him and says, we're, we're going to be okay. Mm. And, you know, it, it's, it's all right for him to go at that mm. point. I, I just, yeah, that broke my heart because mm. I just thought he, he initially was absolutely, you could see in his eyes he was terrified yeah. about where's where's Pepper where's Pepper yeah. and and when she suddenly comes over and actually sort of gives him that strength to to be content with that yeah. knowledge that things are going to be okay without him mm. was a really touching moment. That for me, that that few seconds of of Pepper and Tony was was more of a moment for me than. Captain America on the bench. Yes, I would. I would agree. Mm. I would agree with that. They, it was interesting. They were saying that they were going to have uh, Tony speak to an older version of his daughter after he'd clicked his fingers. Wouldn't work. Um, it didn't work. So because people mm. were confused with it, I don't yeah. know whether it would work though to have him speak to his little girl. Because mm. if she had then said like, mm. "You can go now, Daddy." Like yeah. I know me, like having a daughter, yeah. I'd have been in bits for it. But then I don't think you'd been able to have it with uh, with Pepper Potts. And it was just a tremendous acting. Yeah, like it really was. It was. It's really subtle, but you could you could see it all there, wearing through. It's amazing I, moment. I I think as well one of one of the most underrated characters across the two films. If you look at Infinity War and Endgame as 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 a part one and a part two, they're pretty much the, the same film. Aren't yeah, they? they're, they're, it's, it's like one big film. You you could argue that that Doctor Strange is probably the most crucial character mm-hmm. of them all because what what was his what was his um, probability it was like 14 million or something oh, 800,000 yeah. whatever it was and the amount of things that he must have had to have seen and make sure things were being played out in the correct way in order for that one way of them winning yeah. actually happening yeah. was and I think him actually signaling to Tony when 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 Doctor Strange suddenly realises oh hold on a minute Things aren't going the way that I anticipate them going. When he when he signals that that one to to Tony. No, I think I think it I think it all played out exactly how he thought it did, because it had to. Mm. So he was just saying this is the one moment. I think that's why you then get him, like before, um, he's he's willing to let Tony die, and then and then it's the whole thing of Tony saying to him, "Why didn't you? But why no- did you stop it?" And he's like, yeah. we're, in the, "We're in the end game now," and so it's that he knows that's then Tony's face. But so yeah. all of a sudden he's not. He's not as harsh towards Tony anymore, or something. So it was like, this is this is the moment. This is, this is yeah, that's time. right. Because in Infinity War, he he does he he calls he doesn't call him Tony up until that final point, and it's almost like realizing, oh, actually, yeah, he knows what it is. There's yeah. a real change within yeah. within his character towards it because before then, he calls him like douchebag, and yeah. all these sort of things come yeah. out towards him, and then he does this whole thing to look through all these versions and realize that's the. That's the only way to get through it, and what needs to happen there. Yeah, and he can't. Well, ultimately, he can't save Tony because, like, Tony's doomed. 
Well, he does save it from that point. I'm getting myself confused. Now. But yeah, I, did, I just think that it was a great moment to have them just, and both the Sherlocks realise what's going to happen. <laughs> both the Sherlocks. <laughs> So now we're going to talk about going forward in the MCU. Obviously, Avengers Endgame caps off a huge 10, 11 year campaign, you could almost say, uh, of, of, of huge blockbuster superhero films that, that come to its conclusion in this, in this huge three hour epic. And where does the MCU go from here and, and what will it look like? Who will be in it? Um, will we have moments where you'll like with like the previous Spider-Mans, will we have where, where sort of big characters will suddenly appear in other people's films? So let's start off with Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, Spider-Man's an interesting one. So I've seen the, I've seen the first Far From Home trailer, but I know a second one's come out. Second one came out yesterday. I've not watched it from the reaction. It, It seems like it does very much lead on, from Endgame, hugely. Um, Would you like me to spoil it? No, no, I won't say anything in this podcast. Uh, the, the only thing that but I was thinking about this in Endgame because you've got the five year gap. Mm-hmm. So obviously, uh, Scott Lang's daughter's grown up mm-hmm. five years. I'd love to see in Spider Man where some of the characters have aged five years. I'd love if like Flash was now a teacher or something. Um, but it will make it very easy. Flash, yeah, Flash Thompson, oh, his right, friend. Okay. So if he's grown up five years old, oh, gotcha. and now he's he's like an adult. I thought um, you were going DC confusion there. Oh, no, don't you dare accuse me of that. <laughs> um, I'm quite excited. I mean, it's got Jake Gyllenhaal in it, so I'm quite excited for it. Yeah, it's Mysterio. I, I would say with me and the MCU, I am kind of, I'm happy with that ending. So Spider-Man kind of serves as a bit of an epilogue for me. Mm. Because when we're talking about the future of it, I, I, can't, I can't see how you can top Endgame. I don't think they'll try to. I no. think, I think, they will just take it in different directions now. Um, it's you, you've you've effectively killed off two of the biggest Marvel superheroes ever. Not just in terms of films, but in terms of comic books as well. You know, you've you're no longer going to have those two characters in your cinematic universe. So it's actually a case of right. Let's move on to those those younger people, but also those more kind of left field characters so for example yeah. Doctor Strange I would love to see another Doctor Strange film because I I really liked the I first one I think Doctor Strange is severely underrated mm. I think it's got so many good ideas yeah. like when they come out of their bodies and they're fighting in the hospital uh, and all that sort of stuff yeah. I really like Doctor Strange I know his accent was dodgy um, but I, I can't. I can't hear accents anyway So, and I want I want <laughs> to see Christopher Nolan direct a Doctor Strange oh, film oh no I don't want to see that why? Christopher Nolan I'm not, I don't know. I just I can. I always feel like I should love Christopher Nolan films. Correct. But I never do. <laughs> you should love Christopher. I Nolan should love films. them. They've got everything that I that I would want in them. There's just something about them that I, I can never get on board. They with. can. They can feel a little emotionally cold. That's probably Christopher it. Nolan I'm films. Very. I love a bit of emotion. I love though, a bit of melodrama. Though Interstellar. Sure. Interstellar is a very emotionally heavy film. I've watched Interstellar and still it didn't do it for me. No. Okay. No. So yeah. So <laughs> so we've got we've got Spider Man and obviously Spider Man follows on very almost imminently from from the fallout from from Endgame and I, I won't I won't say anything <laughs> more than that. I would love to see another Doctor Strange film. Yeah. 
Um, Guardians of the Galaxy obviously is set Volume up. Three. I'd love. We've got to wait James, for James Gunn to finish the Suicide Squad yeah, first. But I'd love if they they give. I hope they keep Thor within the beginning They've of that. They've got but, to. But it's kind of. I, I feel like that there should be a prime opportunity to finish off Thor's story almost to set him up with something. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't know where else Thor would go on. So you have the mm. comedy there, set him up with something, and then you can get back to actually the Guardians. It's interesting with Gamora because now she's reset really i know that's an odd one isn't it yeah it'd be a hard like, one to how manage. do you how do you set up that kind of new relationship between star lord and gamora yeah and so uh, i mean uh, uh, volume two i wasn't a massive fan of oh i i, I enjoyed that immensely that film. right yeah okay. so um I'm... not as much as the first guardians but yeah um captain marvel yeah I mean, I, I quite like the the solo one. I didn't mm. really like her in Endgame. She did she, a job. I'm glad I saw Captain Marvel before yeah. I watched Endgame because if I'd just seen Captain Marvel in Endgame, I, I think I would have really not liked her. She didn't really have a lot to say, did no. she? She, she did a lot character. of stuff. She was basically just one giant human atomic missile, wasn't she? Yeah, and, and you just blew blew up a lot of stuff. The thing to bear in mind was it 2023 Endgame takes place. Because yes, Captain it would Marvel, be. Yeah, five that years was later. back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So she's had a lot of time. I mean, how old is she now? Like, she's had a lot of time between... She's had a haircut. Those... <laughs> Not in all that time. That's all a, she's done. <laughs> she's, had a, she's had a better haircut than Hawkeye. Guy. That's Where do you go? I'm not that's going how, there. That's how you cut your hair. You go find yourself a nice intergalactic barber. You go sort yourself out. But you know what? It, Don't I, go to Cree. I would have, <laughs> I'd have even appreciated it, like a bit of banter there, but she had, she had none of it. Yeah. So I'm thinking, what, what on earth happened? But it's she happened didn't, to her in that her, her best banter... Captain Marvel's best banter in the whole film was when Thanos punched slash headbutted her and she just didn't budge. Like she she just stared at him as if to say, Who are you? Who are you with your weakling body? That was that was a brilliant moment. Yeah. Um So yeah, yeah I suppose it's not. The Black Widow one, I mean, that mm. goes with my shock of them actually killing off Natasha. Yeah. Because I knew there was slated for a Black Widow film yeah um, but i presume it'll be a prequel looking in terms of you know how she actually got trained up we'll get to find out about budapest oh hopefully oh, oh yeah okay whatever happened i'd love, I'd, I'd, I'd love that to be if they're going to go r-rated with any i'd love that to be one that they do because i think for the character you need it to be quite as long as they messed up as long as they go, i would rather them go r-rated in an in a in a, in a the raid Sort of vibe, rather than yes. an a, rather than a Jennifer Lawrence in Red Sparrow vibe. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I said yes. I've yeah. not seen Red Sparrow. So. It, yeah. Is it just to, for the sake of it? Um, it's yeah. There is. It, it's it's yeah. I mean, it's it's not a bad film actually. Red Sparrow. It's okay, but it's yeah. I, I guess what I should probably say is more like um, was it Salt? Mm, Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie, yeah. So more kind of that yeah. vibe. Yeah. Um, it done right. It's, it's not for just or the kind sake of like atomic to have blonde. It. Yeah. 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 Just a total badass. Yeah. Um, I think the fact they've got obviously X Men, Deadpool, Fantastic Four, all these. I mean, that could be quite exciting. Could we go back to Natasha for a brief? Oh yeah, moment? sorry. Um, do you do you think that the death of Natasha was a "Quote unquote," a fridging moment. What do you mean by fridging? So um, it's an old term, uh, and it's it's. Am I far too young? So <laughs> no, it's not that old. <laughs> yeah. 
So fridging means that you have a, a female a female character die in a in a film oh. in order for men the the sort of central male characters to feel something. Oh, I hope and it's not. known as a fridging moment. And I, I can't remember thinking... what film it comes from that it refers to, but could it be the nuclear blast with Indiana Jones? Yeah, uh, mm. when he gets in a fridge. No, it's oh, not okay. that. No, okay. because it's 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 all to do with. So it's it male script writers killing off female characters in order for men to have emotional moments in films. Oh, I hate that. Uh, yeah, and I, I now I guess the thing is is that you you it's an easy accusation to perhaps throw at Endgame, but it's remembering that she sacrificed herself. Mm-hmm. She wasn't. She she wasn't killed, so to speak. Mm. She she committed that moment because for her that was the right thing to do in order to save the world. Much in the same way that Tony clicking his fingers, yeah, knowing that the power of the Infinity Stones would kill him as well. But I I think that pretty much almost immediately after the death of Natasha. You know, everyone goes back to the sort of present day, so to speak, and then they have that moment by the lake when Hulk throws the bench and all that kind of stuff, I mean, and they all get really angry and feel things. It, it, it probably one way if they if they'd um, use females better within the MCU, mm. it wouldn't lead so much into. But when you think of Natasha, like the they paired her off with Cap for Winter Soldier, Age mm. of Ultron, she's in a relationship with Bruce Banner mm. to give the the emotional there. Maybe if they'd had a bit more breadth in terms of these relationships mm. but yeah i get yeah i get that i get what you mean uh, i don't like that i don't think it's as it's i don't believe it's a what you'd quote unquote call a fridging moment mm. but i do think that it's um you can understand why people have thrown that accusation towards it yeah but ultimately there are enough um well-drawn characters across that film both male both male and female who who do have heroic, defining, fantastic moments that don't involve them, or you know, sacrificing themselves. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, sorry to go. With it. <laughs> anyway, moving on. So yeah, Black Widow could be a good could be a good prequel, and I think if they done right, I think that'll be good fun. Um, yeah. Fantastic Four. Now, so now that now that Disney have acquired the world. <laughs> now now that they've acquired 20th century fox that actually that will that will mean 20th century having acquired 20th century fox or fox in general it will mean that they'll not have just acquired x-men simpsons the might come into it. they also mean that they get the simpsons <laughs> no but it's only Fo- is it fox it's not fox television is it it's not? Only, no it's only fox oh, it might be the, it might be the entirety of fox i don't know but i i thought that it was just Fox Studios, tw- as in 20th, 20th, 20th Century Fox. It's really shattered there. Because <laughs> cause, cause otherwise you'd mean that actually there's there's a whole heap of sort of different characters that they could bring into it. Yeah. Obviously, but, with Fantastic Four and X-Men, they've got to give those things time to... They could cast Chris Evans as Johnny Storm again. Bring him oh, back they could. The <laughs> that would be brilliant. Could you imagine? That would never happen in a million years. But you are right. Disney are 
taken over the world, aren't they're, they? Well, it's their goal, isn't it, to just rule? But with time. having with having Fox, it means they'll also have Avatar. Oh wow! Okay. So but the thing is, yes, they are taking over the world, and it's probably bad for society. Just have one one entertainment thing. Yeah, they do a really good job. So I'll yeah take my money. Sometimes. Sometimes. Most recent Dumbo. Oh, not very good. My daughter went to see it. She quite liked it. No, that's fine. I think she was the target audience. Oh, just my daughter. <laughs> just, we just need to make a film for her alone in a cinema. Um, but yeah, it's quite ex- exciting to. Th- I think that would get me more excited. Um, I mean, cause I loved uh, X Men. I mean, I was probably even more behind Logan mm. um, and his character in the, in that film uh, than I was with with Endgame. So uh, X Men coming in would be phenomenal. But it's a case of who would play what as well. I, I, I think it'd be very unlikely that you'd see the current crop of actors who play those iconic characters oh, yeah. being involved in a Marvel Studios version of X-Men. I think they would have very different ideas in mind. You not you wouldn't and I would not, for example, see Nicholas Holt playing Beast. Um, no, but I prefer him in or, a different role. Yeah, really, or Michael Fassbender playing Magneto, or James McAvoy well, playing Professor Evan X. Evan Peters bring Quicksilver across. Yeah, so I, th- I think cool. the the idea of X Men coming into the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. is very exciting. As with Fantastic Fox, Fantastic Fox, Fantastic, Fantastic Fox, yes. <laughs> Fantastic, Get Roald Dahl in there. Fantastic Four. Um, that's a team of like BFG and everyone. <laughs> <I wanna laughs> Could you that. imagine superhero style? The Roald Dahl. <laughs> Shared cinematic universe. Oh God! Can you imagine? I don't say that too loud. I think that's our that's, that's our thing. A, that's a ka-ching, isn't that's it? Amazing. Right there. Have you seen this? Um, <laughs> have you seen this meme that's going around on Twitter of um, Mickey Mouse's head on Thanos's body no. as Thanos gets the the five stones into his gauntlet, but the five stones represent the different out huge outlets of Disney. So in one stone you've got Marvel, in another stone you've got Fox, in yeah. another stone you've got Pixar, I think. But then the middle stone right in the fist and it kind of zooms into it. DC. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. This idea is like that's what that's kind of the fifth stone, Disney oh, going for that. DC. Beautiful, Batman, Batman. versus Spider Man <laughs> on screen. <laughs> just everyone, just everyone everybody. Together. It would Scooby never Doo, happen. Get them in. John Cena, he's there. I would say <laughs> DC for DC, for Warner Brothers to give up DC rights. Yeah, Disney would have to spend more money than they did buying out Fox. Mm-hmm. Just right. just on DC alone. I was going to say if DC keeps going how it's going, like. That's going to be a cheap buy. <laughs> That's going to be cheap. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it could be exciting. I'm excited for it. I, I don't I don't feel like I've got any sort of... Not, what's the word I'm looking for? Exhaustion from it. I think I'm, I'm, I think this is a different... I think I'd still know I'll, I'll watch these films, mm. go see them in the cinema, I'd be quite mm. happy to do it. I just don't think I'll be as... Um, nerdy about it maybe like in terms mm. of avoiding stuff and not, not wanting to know it I'll be more laissez-faire when it comes across when yeah. it comes to it so yeah so do you think this is as good as it gets in regards to the MCU I'm just happy I'm ha- like I grew up with superheroes like um, yeah. the original X-Men and like X2 just watching them on repeat Spider-Man that with uh, Sam Raimi like not the third one but the second one that we just films that I just grew up with and, and loved 
Um, and to see something like this come together and then play out so perfectly. Mm. I just think when when it comes to franchising and all films connect and stuff, it can restrict quite a lot. Mm. Um, and then you have it where time travel doesn't really work because it's it's not necessarily something that's been planned all, all along. And you can't take as many risks because if you do this, this impacts this and this and this. Just just to go back to Endgame, that was mm. a lovely moment where they, they do talk about the quantum realm and time travel and they start comparing it to films from the 80s and stuff yes. like Back to the Future. It, I, I love that because the best version of time travel... <laughs> <Die hard. laughs> no, that's not one. That's not one. <laughs> the best version of time travel is where the, everything that happened did just happen. Yeah. I, I, uh, um, what's the Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's one? Uh, Looper. Looper's a Looper's brilliant film. probably the best example where you know you can you can sort of erase that existence. But when yeah. I find like um, like Heroes did away with you know every series was about them going back in time to stop the apocalypse and stuff, and it, it's too uh, convenient in a plot to be like too contrived as well. Yeah, if if this happens, it's okay. We can go back in time. We can change it. So the mm. stakes get much lower. And I think this this sort of tread the lines between both. It had the idea of no, this did always happen so these things will still be established and we won't disappear from mm. it but it also then had very much it was picking what it wanted from each side I, I love the film so much so I didn't really care Yeah. if I hadn't liked the film I'd probably be brutal about it but uh, yeah it was fine for me one one very final thing oh there's so Sorry. much we can talk about this film we could be here all night we could do a spoilers podcast that is the same length as Endgame but we have families um, <laughs> and other things to do and other films to watch as well and to talk to you about. Um, but I would say that Nebula is one of those characters that since she was introduced in oh. Guardians of the Galaxy all the way through to Endgame has been a character who has gone on a real immense journey. She has... It, it, I, I I said this previously, but it's almost kind of like a... It's almost like a, a more psychotic or psychopathic version, I should say, of like a Pinocchio story, mm. of of not being a real person, of being some almost android-like mercenary um, who does everything to their beck and call of their father, Thanos, yeah. to then, by the end of it, actually becoming something that, who has, someone who has very human, vulnerable traits. Yeah. And I really liked her journey across those Films. I think it is, is amazing her journey. When when I first watched Guardians, I, I kind of thought, well, she's just she's not even the main villain, so she's just mm. going to be there. But you won't really see more. But to see that she's gone on to be quite vital, yeah, within the MCU and good on Karen Gillan because yeah, I mean, amazing. She like knowing Amy Pond was going to be in the MCU as Nebula. I was like, what? Okay, and she's just <laughs> you, you forget it's her. Like she's mm. she's really really good in the role. So yeah, I'm very chuffed for her. Well yeah. done. <laughs> yes, well done. British actresses well done. and actors. Yay. <laughs> so there you have it. That was our spoiler-tastic special of our thoughts and opinions surrounding Endgame and the MCU in general, really. Mm. Did you feel do you feel like you've been you felt like that was a a nice sort of decompressing Sort of hour of discussion. I think so. I think it'd be very easy to to keep talking about it. Well, we could easily keep going on, but we won't, obviously. Yeah, Yeah, good. So um, let's do our 30 second recommendations. Yeah. Um, First of all, 
very very quickly mm. um obviously because we had a technical fall in the in the last podcast we did um where we were going to review <laughs> leave no trace yeah basically phone got bored <laughs> phone got bored after the things that we record on just decided to give up the ghost very very quickly leave no trace directed by deborah granick um starring ben foster and uh thomasin mckenzie mm-hmm. uh tells the story of a mother uh, sorry a father and a daughter living off the grid in uh portland oregon um and it's a very understated film very um but put it this way, I really liked it. Rob was no. a bit more indifferent to it, yeah. um, but appreciated it. I, yeah, yeah. I like the beginning. You can catch it. it just on... wasn't sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's a really heartfelt, tender film. If you liked Winter's Bone, which um, Deborah Granick directed, that had Jennifer Lawrence in it as one of her sort of debut films, then. Go and catch it. You can see it on Now TV or Sky Cinema right now. Um, I would highly recommend it, and I can see why. For a lot of people, it was their their, their favourite film from 2018. I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> so let's do our 30 rec- second recommendations, and then let's just get the hell out of here. I was going to say 30 recommendations. 30 recommendations, right. right. So over to you okay. in three, two, one, go. My film recommendation, seen as we're talking about superheroes... And Marvel is Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Yay! Uh, this is just a film that completely... Uh, if you're a superhero fan, this has every joke in it that you'd want. Um, <laughs> it's got some really adult jokes that I'm, I'm not sure how they managed to get into this film. Um, Michael Bolton's even in it. For Ask one your the... parents how babies are born. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just a, an amazing moment there. So many laughs. Um, just... I, I just watch it. I don't want to say too much about it, and mm. it's just so so funny and uh, so ripe to be to be laughed at. And okay. that DC actually know you've gone way over oh, time. Oh man, DC actually like, know. I, I thought I'd because give, it's amazing. I thought I'd give you an extra ten seconds because I interrupted here and there. D- but at you, least DC you know how to take the mick out themselves. All the Teen Titans do anyway. Yeah, and um, it's a phenomenal film. Really, really enjoyed it. Okay. So yeah, sorry. That's all right. I gave you loads the other week, so. Did you? Yeah. You only gave me like an extra five seconds. No, that's more than that. Anyway, it's anyway, so your go. You ready? Yep. Three, two, one, done. The Miseducation of Cameron Post um, is a film starring Chloe Grace Moretz, um, who plays a teenager who um, is sent to a Christian same-sex conversion therapy camp after she is caught... Um, having a romantic moment with her girlfriend um, and it's this kind of illicit relationship. It is a really, really good film. Um, very subtly funny in places, but really quite tough to watch at points as well. And it's set during the early 1990s and it just makes you realise that the whole idea of same-sex or sort of uh, same-sex attraction conversion therapy is just utter nonsense. Awesome. So there's two... Very different recommendations, I'd mm. say. But um, so, where can people catch Teen Titans? Uh, it's on Now TV yep. at the moment. Just um, Cameron, uh, Miseducation of Cameron Post. You can watch on Netflix. Yeah, and I would highly, highly recommend it. Um, both myself and and Ashley, uh, we both really liked it. It's an hour and a half long. I, I realise I'm going well over my well thirty over. seconds. Sorry, sorry. So yeah. So um. What should we go and watch next together? I have no idea. 
I know it just. <laughs> I don't just, know what the evening. Just is. because it's just because we've watched Endgame doesn't mean that's then like the end of watching movies. Okay, we'll we'll figure out what we're going to watch and then we'll we'll do a surprise next week. Not for each other because otherwise that would be. What sort of surprise? I don't, I don't know. Just that they don't know. We don't know the film now, so I don't, I don't know what to tell you. So we'll be back next Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, thank you so much for if you got all the way through this podcast well done, well done. congratulations for us two muttering on about nonsense nerdy things but we'll be back next week um okay so just so you know <laughs> rob is showing me uh, a google search of the meg starring jason statham i think he wants me to watch that next time so actually um i was thinking maybe next week or week after we could catch black clansman Oh, yes, it's coming on now TV. Yeah, so we could yes. catch that. I'd love it. And maybe something else that's coming out in the cinema. I uh, if we... Before next week? Well, we'll see what we can do. Okie dokie. Let's give these guys content. Okay, cool. we, we were off for a long, long time. So we've got to watch, like, catch up on all those films now. We've got to catch up on all the films. Right, okay. Is that okay. all right? Upgrade. Are you going to sign us out? I am going to sign us out. We're leaving here. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Don't forget, you can also um, hit us up on Twitter. Our uh, Twitter handle is at TalkingHereRBAD. Send us your questions, things that we can discuss on the podcast, uh, or anything that you think we can do to make our podcast uh, even better. Thanks, Tulipips.